Here we are, episode 60 of the Pay to Play podcast. I'm James Edzikowski, uh, one of your hosts here with Frank Geib, and uh, we're recording in the same studio uh, for the first time uh, since episode 25. So uh, we are here in uh, Jay Geib Jr.'s room, uh, and that's where we are in Westlake, Ohio, and that's where we find ourselves recording today. Uh, this episode, number 60, we're going to get... Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, COVID-19's done some weird things. I, I didn't expect to be back here, uh, but here we are, and uh, you know, this episode we're going to give you a quick recap, some of the highlights of the match, uh, the Champions for Charity event this past weekend, where Peyton and Tiger came home victorious, winning by, you know, one, one hole in match play. Um, and then we'll run through some of the news in terms of returning to sports in the NHL and MLB. Uh, as you know, hockey seems like it has a lot better chance of returning than baseball at this point, uh, at least in terms of time. But uh, then we'll, of course, give you the rundown with all the latest in the stock market and the economy, uh, as things there still are looking up somehow, some way uh, in the market, the economy. Uh, we'll see as things start to reopen what kind of impact that will have. Um, so lastly, then we'll run through our buy or sell segment. We've got some good ones for you today. And then a song of the week from actually the same band that was our first song of the week. Uh, for those of you that don't remember, the Rolling Stones. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I know. It's not everyone was with us from the get-go. But if you if you haven't been with us from the get-go, we're glad you're listening now. Uh, pay-to-play podcast. Uh, we're aiming to cover everything sports, finance, economically related. Uh, and of course, anything that's a blend be- between the two. That's that's kind of what we would call our kill zone and want to give you the best content we can. So uh, we are going to, at this point, run through our ad read uh, as we are sponsored by Anchor. How, like, wh- where did it get created? What's going on with GPS? James, did you know this? It is actually a U.S.-owned utility uh, originally created by the military, and it is paid for by us, the American taxpayers. Um, and in 2020... The U.S. government, James, is going to spend over $1.7 billion to fund this globally used service, GPS. That's like a deep state. Like I don't know about you, James, but that could be a deep state thing where uh, they're uh, kind of like everyone who uses GPS is also being tracked if the U.S. US government has got, owns it. I mean, if we get into another war, the U.S. has some uh, <laughs> yeah. some intel is what you're saying. I believe how it works. I've talked to someone actually in the military for some reason like a couple years ago talked to me about this, and uh, they said there's like – once there's a bunch of satellites, obviously in orbit, and once like the GPS basically tracks you, and once it gets you in three satellites or something, it can pinpoint your location based off the distance to uh, reaching the satellite. So, if you guys want to know what GPSs are are doing, really, that's I think what's going on. So uh, that's our fun fact, James. What do we got on the docket for today? I was just gonna say, if there's any short any chance they'd have a shortage, they'd just print some more money to keep funding that as well, because. There's been uh, that's been no issue for them in yeah. 2020 so yeah. far. 1.7 billion. That's nothing. They got trillions, trillions and trillions coming. But uh, let's move into the sports world. And yeah, the huge event this weekend. It made me feel like a normal person. Was watching uh, the champions uh, for charity, the match with uh, Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, four of the goats in the golf and football world. Uh, they they duked it out in the rain Sunday afternoon, James down in Florida, and it was a it was a really fun match. Uh, Tiger, Tiger and Peyton took the lead early, but they gave back a few strokes, so it got a little more interesting. And there was just you know good good banter. We had Charles Barkley, you know, being Charles Barkley, so that was great. Uh, any highlights for you from that event? I was just gonna say it, 
the uh, the the running joke that he kept saying is, "When's the heavy stuff coming down?" Because it was actually pouring. Like I would not have had fun golfing out in those conditions, but uh, those guys put on a show uh, given that, and uh, you know that's what makes them professionals that they are uh, in their respective sports. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, both uh, you know after Tom Brady got all the backlash early from from Chuck, uh, he he yeah, bounced he back answered. in a big way. He he really did. Obviously, the chip in on hole seven. Um, you know, they didn't even win the hole, but I think that was the momentum boost that Brady needed uh, to just say, you know what, I belong here. You know, and that, that's sometimes all you need. Uh, I thought Tiger Woods down the stretch, uh, they did give a couple strokes back, but Phil and Phil and Tom were fine with the alternate shot method. I, I was curious that you know that that would be their downfall, but in fact, no, that's they gained 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 on the back, yeah. gained holes back. Um, I mean, Tiger played well though. Like they all, I thought played pretty well. I think Peyton missed a couple putts that could have kept the lead a little larger for them but uh and tom brady hit a couple putts actually that were pretty impressive but overall i mean i thought they all played pretty well um Peyton manning's shot on 16 when he put it 17 inches from the cup um if a hole in one would have been 25 million i mean that would have been crazy but i mean just getting it that close was really crazy just another hundred thousand meals from russell wilson (laughs) Uh, we don't we don't know what those meals were costing but uh wilson comes on just before the uh just before they approach the tee box, and he's like, "Yeah, anyone that puts it within twelve feet of the pin, hundred thousand meals." And he did not say it that easily. He like struggled to yeah, struggle to get out. He was three saying. straight shots. It went Phil, Tom, and then Peyton just went way closer than all of them, though, which is hard to do when those guys are ten feet from the cup. But he put it real close. I wish he would have put it in. Uh, but overall, awesome event. Um, happy to see sports are starting to return a little bit. Another thing that was after James NASCAR. Um, I, you know, I'm not a huge NASCAR fan. Um, I know you definitely aren't either, but we watched a lot of the race. I, I, I threw a little money on Jimmy Johnson. Uh, they were racing in Charlotte and, uh, unfortunately Jimmy came in second in the end there, but it was, it was unbelievable. They went into overtime, which I did not know was possible in NASCAR, but they went into overtime. Um, so if you guys didn't know that, that's another fun fact. Yeah, there's, there's basically, and I don't want to have Marty back on anytime soon, full disclosure, <laughs> nothing against the kid. But, uh, no, he is a big NASCAR guy, and he was telling us that if they go into a caution, you know, if there's some sort of crash or some sort of condition that results in an unfair advantage or something to that end, they do basically go into a overtime sudden, where they, yeah, they do a couple extra laps. Um, that can breed one of many one of many outcomes, basically giving some people that thought they were out of it a chance. Uh, but then that leader, if it is only a couple laps, they have a chance to run away well, with it, and that's what uh, Kozlowski did. Well, it was weird because Kislowski wasn't leading, though, even. It was the one – I forget his name. Elliot, I think, was leading, uh, the young guy. And uh, he pitted, though, after the caution went up, thinking everyone would follow him. And half the guys didn't follow him. And yeah. that's <laughs> – they literally lost him the race. It's kind of unbelievable. But he moved up then. He got, like, placed back into third. Tenth. I thought it was third. Yeah, and he moved up to third in the two laps. So, he, I mean, I don't know. That's crazy, but yeah, that, well, that was NASCAR. Tires. His new tires, that's what I was Probably, the, the yeah. new tires. The, the tires are key, and I guess, in NASCAR. The tires are key. When you get new tires, you can fly, I guess. But uh, the other sports that are coming back um, that we just have been hearing more and more about this week, I think we'll start with the NHL, James. They announced their return plan. Was that today or yesterday? Yesterday? It was yesterday. Good news first, bad news second. Well, at least in life, I, first, yeah. in life, I'm always like a bad news first guy, you know, hit it, hit it to me so we can end on a high note. I think here on the podcast, we're going flip side of that. Um, so the NHL, their commissioner, Gary Bettman, I believe his name is, uh, went on national TV and basically said, you know what, here's our return to 
play without giving too many details, of course, because they don't have dates pinned down. They don't have exact cities where they're playing down. Uh, but here's the recap of kind of what's going on. There's going to be, when they do resume. Regular season's over. Yeah. Regular season's over. There's 24 teams that will um, move forward. That means seven teams are you know, <laughs> just screwed. Not screwed. I mean, they they had had those seven seasons. teams did not deserve to be they, in the playoffs. They just got, you know, they just got you know, sent home, voted yeah. off the island. No problems there. Um, but so in each conference, the top four teams will essentially get a bye, per se, uh, into what would be normally the first round. But then teams five through 12 in each conference then – have a best of five series, five versus 12, six versus 11, uh, and so on. And it's a best of five series to then have a chance to play one of those top four seeds from their conference. And where is all this happening? It's going to be in one uh, of two hub cities, and that depends uh, whether you're from the East or Western Conference. They have not named these cities like we were saying. Uh, Columbus is one of the options available, though. I think Columbus, Toronto, uh, we don't have them all written down here no reason given to you giving them all to you uh, because who god knows who cares at this point you're not going to be allowed to go to the games anyway it's just going to be a matter of where where can they get hotels it might be hockey marathon though that's it what could we're talking be. about is that if they're just playing in one location and they have four different series going on at that location like it could be you know game at noon game at 3 p.m game at 6 p.m game at 9 p.m like that's that's what i want um in my august nhl stanley cup run I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah, seriously. The Blue Jackets are going to be the eight seed in the East, I believe, and they're taking on Toronto, the nine seed in the first round. Yeah, they they might be flip flopped. It might be. It Toronto, might be the other way. Okay. Eight, but regardless, they're playing the Maple Leafs. Home. There's no home. There's no home advantage anywhere, even if it's in Columbus or Toronto, because there's no fans. So. Yeah, and so I think they're like plus one forty to win the series itself. Um, the Blue Jackets are six plus sixty six hundred to win. The Stanley Cup, Lord Stanley's Cup. I might take a little prop there, a little ten bucks. Sprinkle, to ten to win six hundred sixty. I, I don't think he's throwing away money. I've seen dumber gambles. <laughs> yeah, well, not, not not even from you, but you've made some dumber ones. But too. definitely from me. Um, and then yeah, so my Carolina Hurricanes will be getting the New York Rangers uh, in the first round. That that they are, I think that's the um, six versus eleven, if I'm not mistaken, but. That's beside the point. They, you know, I, I'm rooting for both teams. Obviously, as we move forward in the Eastern Conference, they they were saying hopefully, um, they you know all these teams are in the hub city by early July. They don't envision it. The commissioner said, you know, no earlier than July first. Probably going to be the first half of July that they'll get there. They're hope and, and they the players wanted three weeks of training camp. They, they did not want to put a date on it, but every indication led us to believe it'd be later July into early August where they'd play. Uh, they weren't announcing any delays to the, the next season at this point. Um, so there is still a lot of uncertainty re- regarding that. But, but at least, hope. Yeah, th- at least there's a plan in place. The commissioner is happy to get on and deliver that hope. Um, and, and the Jackets are in the playoffs again, man. I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah, was, I mean, people people were just like, hey, you know, the, the Vegas Knights tweeted out, like, hey, we won our division. Uh, congrats to everyone. Or whatever, so you can you hang know, a banner for that. The Jackets were an unhealthy team. They're going to be – they might be flying around. I'm just telling people. I'm a little excited for this. I, I don't think Toronto is a tough matchup for us. I actually think it's a favorable matchup. So I'm excited for August whenever that comes. Um, obviously for that sport and other sports, a sport that was supposed to be maybe coming back in July, but we're still not sure quite yet what's going on. There's a lot of disagreements. The MLB, 
James, you want to take us through what's going on with the standstill? I know we've talked about it a little in the past. Yeah, we did in past weeks, and we had talked about how instead of uh, prorated salaries, the MLB was asking for more cuts on the players' side, uh, and they had basically said that, oh, it's going to be a revenue-sharing plan. No details were given until this week. Boom, did they come, and no one was no one on the players' side was happy about it. Agents, you name it, everyone was up in arms uh, with regards to the cuts, and to a degree, it was a very interesting system that they proposed in, in that, um, you know... It's a tiered, like... It's a tiered system, system where, where the, the cuts to stars are extreme, uh, and those that are making kind of the league minimum, it's a sliding scale, and they won't experience as big of a cut. Similar to the U.S. tax system, I'd oh, say. That's yeah. a good analogy for it. I think so, yeah. Well done. Um, <laughs> but, um, so it was, you know, a negative response from the union... Um, so a guy like you know Mike Trout or Garrett Cole that's earning upwards of thirty million, uh, they could be down in the seven eight million range. So I mean, basically losing cut. over two thirds yeah. of their salary. Um, and I get that there's there's a there's reason for them to be angry. But when they did come to the prorated agreement earlier, there, that was under the assumption that there would be fans. Why would they make that agreement thinking that there'd be fans? I don't know. Um, but now that it's kind of official that the MLB doesn't figure to have them, at least at the start, um, yeah, people are angry. And that's, you know, Trevor Bauer has been very vocal about it. We've tweeted a couple things from his perspective. And uh, obviously John Heyman um, and Jeff Passan have been my two go-to guys. Uh, Jesse Rogers, another guy at ESPN that have had good details on, you know, the way these negotiations are headed. And it's just ugly. It's like, so, like, there's little savings cutting a player um, you know, that's due what? 280. Let's say this the minimum salary in the MLB is 560 ish K. Um, as a, under the prorated system, what they've already agreed to, he's going to be earning 281,000 this year. Um, and so, you know, how much of that can you shave off in the MLB actually get, get some of that back? Even if you cut 50% of that off, which they wouldn't propose, that's going to drastically change that, that guy's life if he went down to. 140 and $140,000 for the MLB, what's that going to do for them? They want to get the big bucks off of the guys like Trout and Cole so yeah, that it makes a change. Right, yeah. And, it, and I, they get the votes from the guys who are the lower paid players. If it, I don't know how the voting – that's what I want to know. How does it – who like – how does it work? Do they just have to have a majority vote? It's It goes through the MLB players union, like the MLB PA. Yeah. And so there are a couple representatives from a, a couple different teams – um, but it's not just like a democratic vote. It's it's technically like the leaders, the president of the players' I think association. It, I, I think it is some sort of they have to come to a majority agreement. Because um, the, the lower players, I think, would agree, saying, "Hey, I want to play. I, you know, I could use two hundred fifty thousand dollars this year, well, or plus, or whatever." And what's interesting about that? It, so the minimum this year is five hundred sixty-three point five yeah. k per year. So under that. Under the current system, they'd make two hundred sixty-two thousand under this proposal. Um, so, and about sixty-five percent of players make less than a million dollars. So it's those guys that they are targeting. But even they're not happy because I think they respect their teammates that have earned the big bucks. In uh, in the MLB at this stage, yeah, there's some bad contracts, but a lot of the guys that are those top earners have recently gotten paid, deserve it. Yeah. You can make the argument, whatever, about Bryce Harper, Machado, that they haven't lived up to it thus thus far. That's beside the point. They've gotten paid. They were agreed to this contract, et cetera. And, uh, and, and basically, yeah, I think they're, does, they're not going to get 50%, even though they're doing 50% of their work and playing 82 games. That's, that being said, 
I, I don't think you can ask a guy to be making, you know, 70% less than he would be, especially at that. It's, I, don't I just, know. I, I mean, don't know like, what the magic number I, is. To me, it's like, you know, I get these guys want their money that they're owed to some extent, but, you know, everyone in the entire world is going through a crazy time right now. And I just think, you know, these guys are still going to be making $5 million this year for a, a shortened season. Like, if you love baseball, if you want to go win a World Series, I think you got to find a way to make it work. And the owners, even under a scenario where they paid players $0 this year, they would lose, they would still lose over $2 billion pretty much um, in the MLB this year, which is a lot of money as well. That's not, that's not millions, that's billions. So, um, you know, I just think, um, I could see where the owners are, you know, nervous, obviously, about this. But it's, it is a sticky situation. So, like, if they don't come to agreement, is there no baseball? There would be no season whatsoever. Like, and then the players don't get paid at all, right? Well, the, they like, they did receive um, an advance, basically, when all this was kind of coming to uh, fruition. But they don't get paid anymore? Uh, something to that extent, which and then they just they're going to get angry, pissed, you name it. You're going to see. And if there's not a season, you know, if you were on the final year of your contract, does it roll over to next year? Lindor would be a free agent. or He's not a free agent yet, but like Mookie Betts, for instance, who was traded to the Dodgers, he'd be a free agent. It does not roll over. These contracts, <laughs> whether they're paid or not, everyone made at least a portion of what their contract was so, already in the so advance. So if you signed like a one-year deal this year for a new team, you could technically not play for that team ever? Correct, and they could take the little money they got and be on their way. So let me just quick analogy, and I think we pointed this out on Twitter, but it's like let's take it to another industry, which sports are a unique industry. It's really tough to make a comparison. And you let's know. take it. What industry you got? So a, let's say you're a painter. A client who is <laughs> renovating apartments says he'll pay you 100 k this year for your painting services. You agree, sign the contract. That's basically you know any contract that was signed in Major League Baseball prior to this year. Yep. Um, then the client experiences a fire and loses half of their apartments. So it's not your fault. It's not their fault. It, you know, something out of a fire. COVID's kind of lit the world on fire yeah. to a degree. Um, so there's only half the buildings to paint. So you mutually agree that you'll accept 50K instead of 100K as a show of good faith. That's what they did in terms of agreeing to the 50-50 uh, or the 50% pro- proration, um, yeah. if that's a word. But So they sign a new contract. And then the client realizes they won't be able to rent as many of their apartments as they originally thought. Um, no, no fans. That's the no fans. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So they propose that instead of paying you fifty k, they'll pay you half of their rental income, which is what they're doing. They're saying revenue sharing, and that's where they're shaving the you know this portion off. And they do want to. They're assigning percentages to it, and it's. I'm not going to run through all of them. I think we retweeted it at one point. But the point there being um, is like you're basically taking your services and assigning them whatever value the owners think they're worth based uh, without necessarily having anything set in stone. And sure, I, I do agree that they're devalued to a degree because they're not earning the ticket sales. And there's estimations of all different percentages in terms of how much revenue is made on game day. There, there was some talk, I believe, that, um, you know, even in an extreme hypothetical of playing 82 games and not paying the players anything, owners are claiming that they'll lose yeah, 1.5. To, yeah. So, like that that alone is just like, ugh, man. I, I get it from both perspectives, but yeah, you can't just not play the season because the the sport of baseball will lose fans. And like legitimately, anyone that's on the French bottle just say money next this. year. Then yeah, exactly. So it's, it's going forward. Someone's just got to 
take the high road here, and not to mention a team like the Oakland A's, um, they halted their $400 weekly stipends for minor leaguers. So they yeah, are, I saw that, and if you do the math on it, it's like to what does it say? It's like one one to two one to one point two million dollars that they're saving. Yeah, their owner's worth over two like billion. Two billion dollars, net worth, and he's not willing to pay a million dollars to all the minor league guys. I mean, talk that, about some unhappy campers, yeah. literally in, in uh, minor league camp. Uh, when they get back, they're going to be pissed. And guess what? As soon as I get out of my contract with Oakland, I am bolting out of there uh, with that kind of action. And what sucks for them is they can't even apply for unemployment at this point because they're still employed. They're just not paid as part of it, which I, I don't know what the legal ramifications of that are. But it, believe me, that that sucks. Yeah. It, I'm happy I'm not in the minor leagues. No, but hey, I mean, it'd be cool. But at the same time, you'd be this getting year, this year would really suck. absolutely getting screwed. So, so right, you, I, th- you think we have baseball this year? I, at this point, dude. I on after this. Part of me says yes, they're going to get this done. And that part of me is that's the optimist in me. So it's it's like creeping. It's better to be an optimist. But I think it's at like forty five percent at this point because Manfred has done nothing that shows me a reason for optimism. Uh, Robert Manfred, um, yeah. just, I don't think he's got his head in the right place. He does not market well. Uh, this is obviously not helping his cause. And uh, I'm I'm becoming more and more pessimistic about it. I, the reason it is closer to fifty percent is I think the people in the players union could end up taking a hit on this one. Um, some of those representatives might just say, you know, screw it, we got to get back out there. All you guys, it's just going to be a bad look, too bad of a look on the players' side. Regardless, I mean, obviously fans like myself, and we're spreading the word. Yeah, they're getting screwed here. I think it'll just be like seriously, you know, in a time of distress when you can perform and. You, know, you lose a, a year of your career. I think you know life's too short for yourself to sit on the damn couch. So I think that that's part of why I'm thinking they it's get still back better to money. I think every single regular American would accept that money, that discount and play. But I get it. You know they're used to what they deserve they're and the they sign the a contract. For- so yeah, I get it. And I like that you're being an optimist about that, them finding a solution. And you know it's good to be an optimist, not just. In sports, but also in the markets. The markets, Oof, guys. They're, wow, how about that? They're hot. They are hot. They're on fire. I don't know how because the economy is not looking so great still. But Dow Jones, S&P 500, and the NASDAQ were all up over 3% last week. Um, they've opened up this week strong as well. The past two days, we were closed on Monday for Memorial Day. But really, you know, we're, we're starting to reopen our states, and that is basically what is, uh, you know, driving the stock market is that everything's starting to come back together uh the stock market's a little more forward looking even though the economy and the data that comes out is more backwards looking um so it's just an interesting thing um i guess a couple of things uh that we're seeing is that uh, people are you know kind of coming back to a, a new normal i know in the previous episode we said don't don't use that word but it's a, it's a new normal um, i think we need to create a word for it then uh i don't know yeah i'm not gonna do the that norm- right here right now you could just like the Combine it, new normal. The, the, the like, don't say it as two words. We're going back to the normal. The normal. <laughs> yeah. I think it could work. That's actually not horrible. But yeah, people are driving more. Um, you know, Apple Maps has returned actually to January levels of use, um, which is interesting. Passengers per flight have quadrupled since April. Um, and it's also not just the travel stats. Um, consumer confidence is getting a boost in May as businesses are reopening. Um, and basically it's, um, just a good time to be in the market still. The SP 500 is only 11% off of record highs. 
Um, however, I, we're still going to say it, guys. We, take it with caution. Um, continue to invest, but it, it's going to be a bumpy ride the next couple couple of months, maybe a year, maybe two years. Who knows? Um, but yeah, reports of new COVID-19 cases have been slowing and leveling off in most states, but um, there could still be a second peak of the virus, and, and we're really not entirely sure. Um, I know a couple other countries have uh, had a, a couple of uh, surges in cases, but no one's really sure what's going to happen, whether it could hit in over the summer, maybe in the fall. So I, I'm buying slowly, but I'm waiting for a bigger dip. I would agree with that wholeheartedly, and I think we've echoed it on previous episodes. So not to beat the dead horse, but um, you know what came in this past earnings season was not reflective completely of what's what has happened. Um, yeah. A lot of companies still reported beats. Uh, people were happy with you know what earnings they're seeing on a corporate standpoint. Um, yeah, a lot of small businesses suffered, but those aren't the main ones that b- build the stock market and the mm-hmm. S and P five hundred. No. So. Um, those ones that you know haven't been able to adapt as easy, they're going to see the bigger hit on this next earning season. We're essentially out of um, the previous one. Uh, for some companies, this is you know their Q2. Um, or am I thinking about that right? Yeah, yep, it's some, still May. Yeah. So some people in Q2. I myself, I'm I'm all caught up in. Uh, you're what Q4, 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 yeah, closing fiscal out. Fiscal Q4, closing out fiscal fiscal year 20. So I, I can't wait. The, apparently, it's a holiday. The the new fiscal year is uh, it's like you know <laughs> it's almost like New Year's Eve, except you get drunker. I think I, that's that's what I was told about it. So um, okay, moving forward, um, <laughs> I like that idea. That could be that might be our first buy or sell segment. <laughs> the fiscal year, fiscal new, year's Eve, fiscal year's. Eve. I think that would maybe be it. Fiscal yeah. New Year's Eve. I don't know. We'll, we'll like make that. a better name for it. Just like the normal. I might have to celebrate Microns. They're my biggest, my biggest holding. As maybe some of you know, and I know their fiscal year ends uh, in I want to say end of August, maybe maybe September. I don't know. But yeah, James, let's go into the buy or sell segment. Um, Something going on on Robinhood. We're, we're sticking with the stock things, and it's on a couple other platforms as well. I think Square might have it or something, or the Cash App, whatever that mm-hmm. is. Fractional shares. You guys, you don't need what? How much is the Google stock right now? It's like thirteen hundred. Alphabet might be thirteen hundred dollars. You don't need thirteen hundred dollars to own Google, though. You might be a small investor like some of us here. You can own it for as little as one dollar. Fractional share of Google, James. You'd like that idea. I mean, I love it, and it's not a new concept really either. I mean, a lot of brokers have been allowing this for, I, I don't know, since how long. But, um, yeah, I think it's more so the zero commission platforms like Robinhood, like, you know, Square Cash, et cetera, that are, have been introducing this, you know, to their um, user bases slowly but surely. Because there is some risk and stuff they have to do in terms of essentially buying on yeah, they're margin. probably buying a full share too, or something, and then like I don't know how it works it, it, on yeah. their end. Yeah, we got to talk to someone that works at one of those places, <laughs> and uh, I, I know someone. Maybe we'll maybe down the line. Um, but then, so we can. I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of it. I've already bought part of Costco. They're hovering over 300 bucks. Uh, Google's one that I am interested in getting into, but I've never had the balls to just say, hey, you know, here's a, over a grand of my money. Today's the day. Here's, here goes a grand. <laughs> just, you know, okay, maybe five years from now I'll have the capital to do yeah. that kind of thing, but no. Yeah, not right now. I like that. Um, I'm I'm a fan of it. Uh, I have an idea kind of off of it that I like. is more so like you get a fractional share of a company's stock when you buy a product from them. Hmm. So like you buy, you order something off Amazon. Yeah. Like one percent of your order goes towards a fraction of ownership in Amazon. So would you be a company doing that for them? Like, would you have to? I don't know. I don't know how I could create that. 
I don't think possible, I don't know, but I'm man, saying like, like yeah, I, you, you know, you as like a consumer, I go to Target and I spend a bunch of money. I can like get a micro amount of ownership in Target's stock for supporting their business. I I like where your head's at. I just I think you almost would have to be a middleman. I don't think those the companies themselves. Well, are you have to be like Robinhood almost, but like have a different type of platform where I don't know how. Because but what if you like buy it at the store? I don't know. It's an it's an interesting idea. Um, I think you carry our card. I think you carry. I think you can do something with crypto, maybe. I think it. you carry your card, like the uh, whatever this idea is called. You have a card for that, and you have them scan it, just like it's your. Uh, um, at your grocery it, we're store. calling it new fractional shares. One new, word: new fraction. <laughs> new fraction. New fractional shares. All right. I, I think it's a decent idea. We'll see where no, it goes. Probably it. won't go anywhere. But Probably. the next thing uh, I'm buying, I don't know if this is a buyer. I don't know why I really have this here, but it's. Exciting news, honestly. SpaceX, Elon Musk's uh, other company, is going to be – it was supposed to be today, but they're going to be the first private company in the U.S. to send people to space, um, which is pretty damn cool. Um, they were supposed to launch today, but lightning and uh, other weather factors have delayed it to Saturday. So, guys, tune in Saturday for the uh, SpaceX launch. Um, they're going to the International Space Station with a couple of NASA astronauts it's pretty surprising to me that it's been 10 years james since we've launched someone to space from u.s soil like that's just when you say it out loud it does sound surprising but when you look at the numbers and how expensive it really is yeah so what we've been doing is paying russia 80 million dollars a person to uh send one of our people to space like send our people to space using russia's rockets which is weird like i thought we didn't really like russia that much and we're just using their rockets with them so I, i i mean i'm buying i'm in i'm in for spacex Private flights to space. Um, eventually, consumers are going to be able to spend two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Not buying fractional shares; they're buying a full ticket to space, James. Yeah, that is something that. And would, like, you, would you go to space for a hundred thousand dollars? What's the company that allows you to do Virgin that? Virgin Galactic. I think it's Galactic. Virgin Galactic. Yeah, yeah, I think it's two hundred fifty k. They've already taken like payments. Yeah, they have, and it's uh, they have a stock too. Um, but no, I'm not. I have no interest in going to space. I am. So cool with being on Earth. Uh, even though it's kind of going to shit, I'm just going to really... <laughs> it's going to shit. I'm uh, going to focus my efforts on preserving Earth. Okay. What about... This This came out this week, or maybe... I don't know. I actually got to look at this. HBO Max. Another streaming service. This one's born this month. I don't know what will be next month. But um, yeah, HBO Max. Basically, AT&T bought Warner Media um, a couple of years ago, and now they're launching... Who owns HBO and owns... TNT, different channels. They own the show Friends. So they are launching their own streaming service to compete with everyone called HBO Max. I like that they kept the branding with HBO. I am an owner in AT&T. I will mm-hmm. disclose that. Have not bought a, long, a share in a while, but big dividend, so I like them. Um, I'm in for it. I really like HBO. It's probably one of my favorite streaming – I think it's probably my favorite streaming service is HBO. So look, what I, my question, and I don't want to put it's you on the more spot expensive. here. It is going to be more expensive. I think it's, I bet it'll be. I don't know if they've actually announced. I think it launches. I think it launched today. It launched today. <laughs> I don't know. Now I need to check. I bet it'll be like fifteen bucks a month, fourteen ninety nine a month, seven days free, fourteen ninety nine a month. So it's not necessarily different than what they had before in, in HBO Go price wise. Yeah, HBO. I think HBO Go will probably just like go away eventually. This is almost a replacement for that or something. Yeah, like that. Uh, that's my guess. So I need to do more research into it. I'm gonna just go ahead and sell uh, for the for the sake of it. I just think the more, like I don't even know the difference here. So I I need to do more research. But I'm saying sell just because things are maxed out. I am more so buying bundles as of late. Um, ne- next month I am doing the upgrade to 
Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Disney Plus for twelve ninety nine. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that one. That's a better deal. I like that's a better deal for all three. T thing. I agree. So that's it's more so just the fact I'm getting a lot to cook together. The more content I can have, that's fine. HBO has really good shit, like you were saying. But it's like, all right, I, I'm just getting that for my fifteen dollars. I once I need I need bundles. You got you got to bundle it for me at this point um, for me to be happy. Okay, um, that's fine. Uh, final buy or sell, Bop Drop. So Frank, I bet you want me to say, what is Bop Drop to educate our That's listeners? Exactly what I want. And to say. Uh, here I am. Uh, we'll we'll throw a little plug in there. Um, so Bop Drop. It's it's essentially, and I think I saw the one of the creators, uh, Daniel Dreher, a St. Bernadette grad like ourselves. Oh, well, actually, no, neither of us graduated from St. Bernadette. Sheesh. <laughs> Tough, tough scene there, but um, attendees, bull, undergrad. bulldogs at undergrad, yeah, <laughs> bulldogs at heart, um, was describing it as like Instagram for music, and we had talked about this, I think either in a previous pod, or we talked me, about it this weekend, I'm telling even you, even more on the weekend, we were drunk this weekend, we were talking, I literally go, why does Spotify like not have a social feature anymore, like it got worse than it was, but I was like, it should have gotten better, like, I want to know what my buddies are listening to and stuff like that and like get recommendations from them because, you know, I think you and a lot of other my friends have good music and I think I maybe have a couple good songs here or there that I find. And I'm more than open to listening to that because I want – I also – I think we all are curious for recommendations from time to time. Certain people you trust, certain people you don't. Uh, but this is basically just a social media platform for you to, to uh, distribute that. So instead of, you know, posting to your Instagram story uh, along with every other chum that thinks they have – Musical taste. That, yeah. That's not a knock. I do it myself <laughs> from time to time. Um, you can now do it to people that only that really only care uh, about what you post. Otherwise, they wouldn't follow you on that platform. Um, so I think it, that's a cool idea, um, and I think um, there's some legs to it there. Uh, they have the full library. You basically just post on a, a feed or a timeline, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, it works um, pretty well. And you put, you, you know, you choose a song that you want to share. Add a little comment about it. Uh, it's very similar to. Uh, what I also use um, for my alcohol consumption called Untapped, where you know you pick a beer and you you know I'm having this beer right now. I'm going to give it a rating, give you a little bit of an insight to what the beer is all about. That's what you do with the song. Do you have friends? Oh, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, you do, and you have a timeline. You see what all your friends are drinking. Who's on Untapped with you? Very few people. Like <laughs> I am, uh, but I think Bop Drop could have Bop a, Drop has a yeah, lot more a couple people. of our friends because Danny Dreher, once again, he's a, a co-founder. I, I want to say of this company, um, their app on. The iTunes store, Bop Drop. Um, yeah, so I, Caroline I, went to school with us. Caroline was our our class. I think I dated her in sixth grade for a couple weeks. <laughs> broke my heart. Wow, he had to bring that one up. <sighs> Didn't need to. All right. But now, Sounds like a good time to cap off. But now she's following me back on Bop Drop. So <laughs> things happen. <laughs> Life comes full circle, obviously. That's great. <laughs> Caroline, no disrespect. It's all right. Uh, hope hope Danny does well with Bop Drop. Um, Song of the week, though, James. Let's move into it. What are you going to post, maybe, on uh, Bop Drop? I might, I might bop it. No, what's the, what's the <laughs> yeah, fun? I don't know. We can probably create that ourselves. No, nah, I bet they have something in mind. But uh, so the, this song's been in my head just over the past week or so, um, and it's, it came out a little little bit ago. It's called "Living in a Ghost Town" by the Rolling Stones. So our first song ever. You heard at the top of the episode. I said uh, song of the week was from the Stones. It was "Jumpin' Jack Flash." It was just a high energy song. This song is not as high energy. It's more mellow laid back and i think it it literally has themes of like oh it's during covid whatever you know uh, i i'm living in a ghost town lit not to borrow the title but it's like just you know just a chill rolling stone song mick jagger still can do it at 
whatever godforsaken age he is right now, 88, I think. Um, I would love for you to fact check on that. I think he's 88. Um, but boy, has, has that guy lived himself a life. Uh, 76. All right. You know, pretty far off. Looks 88. <laughs> he, he looks past, he, he looks well past 76. Um, but no, it's a good tune. Um, throw it on in the background. You know, sh- show your dad you're listening to it. He'll appreciate it. Um, and uh, I think that's all I've got in terms of stuff on the song of the week. Check out Bop Drop. You know, Yeah, check out Bop Drop. Um, listen to Ghost Town. Bop to Ghost Town. and then Living in a Ghost Town. Living in a Ghost Town. And then drop a new song on uh, Bop Drop. And you can follow us on there, too. Uh, I'm Real Frank Guy. still on there. What are you? James Edge. James Edge. I got rid of the number at the end of my name. And, guys, if you're wondering, we are the pay-to-play pod, at pay-to-play pod on Instagram or Twitter. Um, we got a lot of things coming down the pipeline here. but uh, I know. I'm excited. We're excited. Um, can barely keep it in my pants. July 1st. Just be ready for July 1st. I'm going to set a date for it right now to hold us a little bit accountable. Be ready. Um, enjoy your weekends. Enjoy, enjoy your life. Enjoy your summer.